Welcome back to another podcast episode on the Pleasure Queen podcast. I'm telling you, we have some really, really juicy episodes coming, and this one is juicy just as just as much as the other ones. But you know, the cringe date stories, the dating profiles, we actually scan through my dating profile, which is a win-win. You get to see it in live action. And we recorded this, we streamed this live too. So if you want to watch the video, you can head over to my Facebook page and it is posted there. (sighs) Pleasure work is the freedom. It's the flow. It's the ease. It's when we have things just flowing to us. When a woman is turned on, She gets everything she wants, but she doesn't have to control. And I think that's a huge thing for a lot of women, whether we're dating or we're on a path of creating success in our business, or we want to have the dream body, we have to stop controlling. As soon as we learn that the path of least resistance is available to us, We begin to allow ourselves to flirt with life and our desires simply come. So for those of us that feel like the things that you want are not coming and you're stuck in this place of stagnancy, I'm going to say it's because you're holding a belief that's not serving you around it. You're putting so much pressure on why it's not working, therefore it's not working. So when we do the pleasure work and we learn how to flirt with life, we learn how to seduce, we learn how to tap into the core of who we are and have fun in life again and be expressed in our feminine, life just flows to us. Doesn't that sound better? Life flows to me. I don't have to lift a finger. I just get to have fun while I'm here on this planet Earth. And this is what we're doing in Pleasure Academy. So if you have not joined yet, I am telling you, you'll want to join this six-week pleasure portal. This is the space for divine connection to your feminine, to release the inner goddess within you, to tap into your inner flirt, sex magic, your inner seductress. We're going to be going through all of that sexy inner work so you can experience more freedom, flow, and pleasure in your life. The link for you to sign up is below. We begin on June 15th. It is six weeks long. You do not want to miss out on this special container. It's going to be so much fun. So come play. If you haven't watched the replay to the pleasure practice, we also have that linked below as well. The pleasure practice is connection to pussy. So it's just teaching you this free three-day program is teaching you how to simply connect to pussy, to let go of all of the conditioning that you have created. And the Pleasure Academy is even more depth in this. It's learning to walk in pleasure, be in pleasure, and be a magnetic woman. We also have so many other juicy things on the horizon, so make sure you're following me on Instagram, PleasureQueenXO, 
or you're in my free community, the Sacred Alignment Community, because we share the goods inside of there. I am so happy for you to listen to this podcast episode. Just a fun chat. This is what it is. It might be a little bit all over the place, but that's how Tasha and I do things here. So we have fun, and I hope that you can pour yourself a cup of tea or a glass of champagne, pop this into headphones, and enjoy. Welcome to the Pleasure Queen podcast, your experience into the divine feminine magic. I am your host, Emily Whiteside, the Pleasure Queen. I've taught hundreds of women how to connect deeper into their pleasure, their sensuality, and authentic expression, to tap into their goddess energy. In this podcast series, we explore what it means to be an empowered woman and talk about everything from sex to pleasure to wealth to energy to entrepreneurship. I'm so excited to have you here on this journey. Now let's get intimate. recording it right now. I knew I was forgetting to do something. I feel every single time we do a podcast episode together, I'm going to ask you about the progression of your dirty talk. <laughs> okay. I have been getting so much better at, um, like I like when a man like leads the dirty talk, but I've been getting better at like voicing it being more dirty. Cause I like to be my body to be worshiped, but I'm not like and I can use dirty talk, but I have to have a man lead, but I'm better. I'm getting really, really good at like being able to lead it too. So I'm proud of myself for that. Yeah. And you know what? I want like dirty talk every day in my daily life, like compliments, like not just in the bedroom. Like yeah. I want it to be like, God, you look smashing. <laughs> smashing is not dirty talk. I need help in this area. God help me. Smashing is my version of girth. <laughs> oh my God. No, we need to do a crash course on dirty talk for you. Your <laughs> pussy is popping in those yoga pants today. Oh my God. Oh, dear Lord. But yes, the dirty talk, my favorite has been because I've been committing to celibacy, so I haven't been sleeping with anybody. But my favorite thing has been like dirty talk while just like in normal conversation as I'm like dating these men, like adding a little bit something dirty. It feels like a little secret and I've been obsessed with it. Um, Next question. Can you wait? Can you give us an example of that? Please give me a signature phrase. Um, what would be help? So signature phrase. I don't know if I have a signature phrase. I kind of build off of energy. So like usually like the guy is something like he has to already have a sexual energy because if he doesn't, I can't like bring it out. Like I have to match his opening. So he'll say something like, what are you thinking about right now? And I'll say something like, I'm thinking I'm not or I'm thinking about something I unladylike or I'm thinking about something I want to do with you. So it kind of like opens up like a thought in his mind and then it kind of goes from there. And either they can build on it or they can't. Do you change the tone of your voice when you say it or do you 
Do you like yeah. lower your voice? Yes. I definitely go a little bit quieter and make it more like a secret. Oh, not okay. like my normal everyday talk. I'm going to test and it. Sometimes I'll even like whisper it into their ear. And I love that. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I cannot. I have to say it as a joke. I don't know why. I cannot. This is ridiculous. Okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Next question. Next question. What is something that you have purchased lately that makes you feel beautiful? Uh, clothes every day. Okay, so like I have to buy new clothes every single week because otherwise, and this is my thing is every clothing item I purchase now, I have to be obsessed with, or I'm not buying it. Like I'm not buying something just because, just because like I need to feel obsessed with it. Otherwise it sits there and it doesn't get used. So right now I'm vibing with pink because that's the expression of my soul. So I'm buying a lot of pink because I feel very feminine and like flirty. So I need like at least a thousand dollar budget for clothes every month. That's been like my, cause I don't buy a lot of other stuff. I don't do massages. I don't do like pedicures. I don't do nails. Clothing is like my thing. Ooh, I love that. Clothing has be- become my new thing. Like I love dresses. I actually had somebody ask, I was like looking at jeans and they're like, do you even wear jeans? And I'm like, no, I actually really don't. I always, I love dresses So dresses have been the purchases making me feel really beautiful, but also the blowouts. So I spend a lot of my money on either new dresses or blowouts. I don't really care about anything else. Okay. Do you have, I literally have a dress in my mind that I wore when I was like seven years old and I just want it. I want to recreate it. (laughs) Kim Kardashian does that. Like I can specifically remember the pattern of the dress. And it makes me feel nostalgia. <laughs> oh, you should find it. I know I, it doesn't exist though, but I'm getting closer. I searched for a strawberry printed dress. I'm not kidding you for seven years. And here I'm wearing it today. <laughs> and you're right. I am too. I, I know. It was a gift and it's been like, it's my favorite dress of the season. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is like my soul dress. I'm so proud of it. Um, okay. Where's the pl- hottest place? that you, it can be, it doesn't have to be with your husband, but where has been the hottest place that you've done it or like the most dangerous place that you've done it? One time I did it on a car hood, which was not with Richard. Don't tell Richard (laughs) or like in the bathroom at the resort. (gasps) My kids are sleeping. It's just kind (laughs) of hot, but like kind of naughty at the same time. But yeah, those are probably my key places. I love that. Mine has been, I already told you. But like the car wasn't a hot, it wasn't like a Ferrari. It was like a shitty (laughs) fucking 1999 (laughs) something or other. So that scene could have been jazzed up a little better. Yeah, it could. I could imagine like in the back of a nice pickup truck or like on the hood of a Ferrari or something sexy. (laughs) We'll just pretend. (laughs) We'll just pretend. Um... I feel like my, the hottest place I've ever is the, um, what is it called? An urban hot spring at a hotel. Oh, that was like super hot and dangerous. And I loved every minute of it. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Um, 
Mm, I think I had one more. Oh, what has been your favorite? I know you're usually a hand girl, but what has been your favorite tool for self-pleasure? Is it still the hand? Has it it's always still been? still the hand. Yeah, I don't use anything else. But, I mean, I've only, is there other things other than a vibrator? Does more exist? Because all I know of is vibrator and hand. <laughs> what? Yeah, there's, is there more? <laughs> there's like dildos and stuff. Oh, that's the same as vibrator, yeah. basically. Yeah, there's like clip vibrators. There's oh insert. Okay, no, it's always okay. Number one is hand, and number two is vibrator. Yeah, I would say the same. I do love my vibrator. I'm not going to break up with it. I've been trying to tell myself I have to because it desensitizes you, and I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> I'm never going to. I don't think. Maybe when I have like a partner but I just yeah. can't do it right now. It's too good. You know what? Even when the desensitizing thing happens, that can happen with a hand too. You just have to take a break for like four days. Yeah. And then it comes back. Yeah, totally. I saw this meme that was like, um, oh my God, I wish I had it so I could show you. It was like a girl, like when you use your hand and it's just like somebody smiling and then it's somebody like dressed up in like a feathers and like a nice beautiful hat and it's like when you use your vibrator like the orgasm how different they are it's so true so true I love it um okay so that's the last let's see I have all of the yeah I have all the questions that I wanted to ask so let's get to cringy date stories because I posted this in my Instagram feed I was on a date with somebody new and the first question or one of the first questions they asked me is like, what are all of your, what's your worst date story ever? So I want to share my worst date story ever. And then you can share yours and we'll kind of go into like who we were back then to attract these cringy dates because I was oh definitely <laughs> very cringy myself. So this was like, I had just gotten out of a five-year relationship or four and a half year relationship. And it was one of the first dates that I was going on. It was the day that my niece was born, like my first niece. And I had a, I didn't know my sister was going to go into labor, but I had a date scheduled that day from Tinder. And this guy was going to, so first he sent me pictures of him, like outside of Tinder. And they were like model pictures. Like he looked like a straight up model from like a GQ magazine. And I was like, oh my God, if this guy is real, he's super hot. So he was telling me that he's going to drive an hour and 45 minutes to take me out for a coffee. And my phone was ringing to take me out for a coffee. So I was like, this is really weird. Red flag number one, he's driving an hour and 45 minutes to see me just for a coffee. Red flag number two is that he's sending me these model pictures because I feel like if you're sending somebody model pictures, you probably still don't look like that. So I tell him my sister's in labor and he's like, well, I have already planned to come see you. So why don't we just move our coffee date from like six o'clock to like eight o'clock at night? And I was like, okay, this is weird. So we meet at this coffee or outside of the coffee shop. We parked in the parking lot in the back and he comes out 
And I'm just trying to give you a frame of reference of what he looks like. I'm not trying to be mean, but he has like straight up caterpillar eyebrows. Like they legitimately look like <laughs> caterpillars. And I couldn't stop staring at them because I just wanted to like, t- like cut them and tweeze them. They were like long. It looked like one long strand of hair on his eyebrows. It was really cringy. And then um, he was tall and like muscular, but his hands... So imagine like a six foot two guy, really muscular. His hands were smaller than mine. And the only reason I know that is because as soon as I come out of the car, he asks if he can hold my hand. And I was like, back then I had no like voice. So I was like, yeah, sure. And we go into this coffee shop and he's telling me the most wild experiences ever, like stories that you wouldn't even imagine. The first story that he told me was that he was in Egypt riding a camel and being chased by ninjas and like crazy stories. Then he told me one story about how he was on this like um, boat and he was getting chased down by some other people. And they were like, he had to like hop from like a boat to a jet ski and like get away. It was like the craziest, weirdest stories. And I'm sitting there in the coffee shop. Like he's nonstop telling me these stories. So I'm sitting there like, Oh my God, this is so weird. And then he starts like touching my leg and touching my arm and saying like, Ew. Oh, I know it's so gross. And saying thing, I bought my own coffee, by the way. That's red flag number three. I bought my own coffee. He didn't even buy anything. So I'm sitting here like with this $2 coffee and he's just- Ew, don't touch your leg. Yeah. And he starts touching my leg and like saying like, oh my God, it's so muscular on like my arm. Like, oh my God, I'm not used to this. Sorry, I just want to touch you. And I'm like sitting there like, ew, what is going on? And then he, we're in the middle of public and he goes, can I, can I make out with you right now? No, I was like, no, (laughs) absolutely not. And that's why, thank God, I put my foot down there. I was like, no, actually, you can't. And I'm actually going to leave because we've been there for like a couple hours and the coffee shop started to close. So I was like, okay, I'm going to leave. And then he walks me to my car, wants to hold my hand again, and then tries to make out with me at my car. And I like ducked and like drove away and blocked his number. And after you said no, and then he tried, read the signals. I know. I know. It was super bad. It was honestly one of the most uncomfortable and worst dates I've ever been on in my entire life. It was horrible. I feel like he had a, there could have been like an imbalance, like with his weird stories. Yeah. I literally feel the heebie-jeebies of him touching your leg. Yeah. 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 It was disgusting. It was so creepy. And I will never forget that because it was the day that my niece was born. So every time it's her birthday, I'm like, oh God couple years ago or three years ago, I was on a date with that really creepy guy. <laughs> so gross. Oh my God. Ugh. But that's what you get from Tinder dates. And I have a lot of stories yeah. like that of just guys who are super creepy. How do we, how do you feel about kissing on the first date? Because I hate it. I hate when guys try to kiss me on the first date. Mm, no, I'd be open to it if I liked them. I wouldn't mind a kiss on the first date. If I, I liked them. If I like them and I was super connected to them, I don't mind it, but that rarely happens. I feel like the yeah. first date, I'm like, everything is awkward and I don't really like know it is. And then they lean in for a kiss in like the middle of a parking lot where people are driving into. It's just so weird. Like why? Every guy has to just throw in That's a kiss. That's the thing is like, 
obviously I haven't dated in a while, but I honestly hated it. It was not like sex in the city. It was not fun. I did not find it fun. Like every guy that I actually liked didn't take me on dates and every guy that did take me on dates, I didn't like, like that was the situation with me over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the F boys. And then there's the guys that you're super not interested in that actually like want to take you places. And I'm like, ew, no, that's like how it was for me. It's like the F boys that I actually wanted were the ones that I would, we'd go and get like a coffee or we would go to like hang out and watch Netflix. And then the guys that actually like romanced me, I was like, ew, no, he's taking me to dinner. Ew. That's so cringy. It's so weird how those like that, that reversal happens. Well, here's, here's what I think is like a lot of it's in the environment that you meet them in. Like back in the day when I was dating, I was meeting guys at the bar and, and then (laughs) they always looked different when they arrived. (laughs) I swear to God, it was the queen of beer goggles. Like in my mind, it was like this stallion. And then I opened the door and I'm like, oh shit. (laughs) Uh, But a lot of it has to do with the environment that you're in because when there's alcohol or like even Tinder and online dating in general has this kind of like thirsty vibe. And it doesn't mean you can't find someone good there, but when you change the environment, you also change the men that come into your world. So I like to say like for women nowadays, don't cut yourself off from the dating world, like still be open to that. But if you want to meet someone in real life, you also have to set your environment up for that because men don't always just want to come up and approach you randomly. Right. Um, so that might look like having like a hiking club or something where you're going, you're doing something healthy and you have a chance to meet single guys without an environment that's thirsty and pressure vibing. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like, And also feeling pretty enough to be approached, right? Like you're going to meet someone on Tinder versus run into them at the grocery store. That's two completely different vibes. But if you don't feel pretty at the grocery store, you're not going to want people to approach you. Right. Because this is what I hear from all all of my single clients. They want to meet someone in real life Mm -hmm. and they want the guy to basically come up to them. Like that's every woman's dream is what I'm feeling. Please. (laughs) But you have to like, you have to look available. Like you have to give them that safety to make the approach. So that might be like a little bit longer of eye contact, a hair flip. That's just right. Like the little smile, like walk a little closer than you normally would. To me, that's what it would be. Yeah. It's important because I realize a lot of times like when I have wanted to meet people in real life, like the gym, that's like where I've met every single one of my boyfriends is the gym. I made that opening. Like it was a very like they felt comfortable enough to come up and like talk to me because I made it really clear. Like Mm-hmm. I smiled or I like looked a little bit longer. We've been making eye contact back and forth for weeks. But then when, where I'll go to is like, I think for a lot of us, myself included, when we feel almost like, un, like we're afraid, it's like, you're almost afraid to have a guy approach you. So you look down or you don't look good. So you don't want them to approach you anyways, but the perfect 
sauce for that is to make sure you look good and you're always wearing something super cute at the gym. Like I'm always wearing like something that makes me feel really confident. And then if I'm in the vibes of wanting to flirt, I allow that opening. I'm open to receive. And I think that's where a lot of us go wrong. I don't use, have you ever used a date? Have you ever used dating apps? Or were they no, not? I've never. I was so young when I met Richard, like that wasn't a thing really yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I was 23. So no, I've, I haven't used a dating app. Yeah. I, I don't know how I love dating apps because remember when I thought I got catfished? Yeah. And I didn't actually get catfished, yeah. but I was like, I messaged you. But that's the thing. It's like, I feel like everybody looks cuter in their profile pictures than they do in real life. Okay. This is actually, I'm having a ping right now about dating and business and how it corresponds. So if you don't like being catfished in real life, you don't like seeing something presented that's different once you meet them, a difference between the front of the scenes and their profile versus behind the scenes of what they actually look like. This is where it's our job to create this congruency where there is no difference between who we are online versus behind the scenes. And this can be simple things like filters. It can be making sure we have lifestyle pictures in addition to like pro photos. And that's why I actually intentionally make effort to not use a filter every time. Because again, now I'm on Zoom. I don't want to look like a different person on Zoom. Like you've seen me now on Instagram with a filter that changes my nose to one third of the size. And (laughs) that's not your nose. And I'm like, why does every filter make me look like Michael Jackson? Honestly. (laughs) But this is the thing is like, I actually make conscious effort to make sure I'm the same person in front of the scenes that I am behind. And that's why I don't niche. That's why I don't only lead with my dick. That's why I also show the mom side, the funny side, the quirky side and the boss side. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important because I feel like in a lot of dating, profiles where like somebody that I'm messaging is a completely different person that I'm talking to as soon as I meet them in person. So it's like you have in your mind who this man is going to be and what he probably, like you can take his like profile picture and like you imagine him to be like something like in real life. And then I meet them in real life and I'm underwhelmed <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, and that's what happened with that one guy. I was like underwhelmed. But then as I started like conversation we ended up like dating for a little while so I ended up not actually being catfished but that's important it's like we have to bring the realness the truth into our businesses and everything well yeah like for you specifically you function a lot in the upper chakras so you function a lot in the heart space the throat space and the third eye So that's also why you're very, your throat chakra is like actually pretty clear, especially when it comes to like intimacy. I feel like it's so easy for you to talk about that and be in that. So you very much thrive in the dreamy energies. Mm -hmm. And my feeling here is because you're always in the dreamy energies. Sometimes what happens is you meet someone who's in the safe energy, which is a lower chakra. And you also in the safe energy, see their human And that's not in alignment with the dream man. Mm -hmm. And I feel like what happens is you'll see the human almost instantly, which is not bad. And then you're like, and then almost like we disregard. 
<laughs> and then in this situation with like the catfish, it just was a little bit more of a building a connection. Like, okay, maybe his appearance didn't like immediately grab me. However, you were able to like build up to that. Yeah. So it's almost like, can you see past the human without disregarding it? Oh, I got it. This is my thought that's coming through for you is a lot of times in the past, the human has had big red flags. So it's almost like you've developed this, like, I have no space for red flags, but at the same time, you have no space for their human as well. Mm. And so I think the balance will just be, can I hold space for the dream and also the human too? That's important because I do live in a fantasy life. (laughs) Because everything we're creating now, so this was like me before now, like when I was cringe dating and Tinder dating, I would settle for anybody. Like I just wanted, I was so insecure and so unconfident. Like I would literally take like anybody, I would go on any date with any man. There was no filter. I was just like, he's asked me on a date. Yes. I couldn't say no. So it was constantly like all of these cringe, cringe, cringe dates And then as I started to turn on and I gained confidence and security in myself, I start like, I, I have this like vision, this dream, like we do with our businesses and we do with money and then there's reality. So it's like, you're caught up in the, like, this is what I want, but you're still, you're, it's almost like we're building up to that point. We're building to the dream, but it can't all just come at once. Like sometimes it's gotta be pieces And what I've realized in my dating journey and with business is like, I'll get pieces. Like I'll go on a date with one guy now and I can say like, okay, he doesn't match this and this, but I really like this part of it. Um, I like that he is like bringing me flowers. I like that he's opening up the door. I like that he, whatever, does this X, Y, Z. And so it's like that helps build the vision, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like we can do that too in business with like, yes, we want the, whatever the money month is, or yes, we want the thriving business, but you're here right now at the very beginning stages or like you're here at this point, how can you stay in your lane and like slowly build over time? I think that's really hard for me is to slowly build. I just want things So here, kind of what I'm feeling, and this uh, can apply to business as well, but let's say there's a guy who brings you flowers that immediately shows you that he's not just in it for sex. He's in it for a little more, like there's a surety and a confidence that comes with that. Cause it's always like, okay, what's happening and what feeling is that creating inside of me? So that's how I see that is like, okay, he has went out of his way to like actually think about me and bring me something that shows a level of intention that's what I feel like your soul really loves about that. Right. Mm-hmm. And we, and then how I'm seeing it as, hang on, let me just tap into like what I feel like, cause your soul is really wanting that. Oh, it's constant communication. That's what it feels like. Your soul is wanting like constant connectedness without clinging on. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm intentionally going out of my way to text you. I'm intentionally going out of my way to ask you how you're doing. And then you feel the confidence to really come out of your shell and just be able to be you. It's like, it creates a, yes, it's okay for you. Like Like this guy's not going to take advantage of me. Yeah, He's not just trying to take because he's giving. 
Yeah. It creates that safety with people when they're mm-hmm. like, con, like, so it's the same thing of, you know, how in business or just in life in general, what do I always do? Oh, I like repel. Like I jump ship. I'm like, oh, this is annoying me. This thing is annoying me. So I'm just going to throw it out. When I stay plugged in, things can actually grow. So when we stay plugged into our businesses, instead of like jumping ship every time somebody doesn't sign up or every time somebody doesn't hit the link right away, when we can keep the seed planted, it's the same thing. Like when men are in constant contact, not constant contact, but a like stronghold, I know that they're like there. I can actually feel safe enough to create with him or to like connect with him. A hundred percent. I see that as like, for you, I see it as like the man that you're wanting to really call in is he's standing beside you, but he's a little bit ahead of you guiding you. So he's not pushing you. He's not pulling you. I literally see it as like this really strong man with nice shoulders and he's putting his hand out. Like he's asking you like, hold my hand. And then you guys walk together. And then he lets go of your hand and you wander over here to this little boutique to buy a purse. And then you come back and you meet back up at the beach. Like, mm-hmm. like whether you guys are holding hands or not, you don't need his hand for the security. You just know that he's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I love that analogy. I actually have been, so this was probably two years ago, right after I got out of a relationship I had this, um, I did like my own channeling, like psychic reading. And I, I have to find like the notebook that I wrote it down in, but I wrote down like an entire page of what he looks like, how we're going to meet, um, like the craziest details. And I want it to know if it's going to actually come true. <laughs> it's so crazy. I love that stuff though, but we'll see. I could be to- totally wrong. Well, the thing is our dreams, some of our dreams tweak, right? Like that might've been the idea of your dream man back then. And a lot of those still may be the pillars, but sometimes dreams expire as well. And it's just like when we have too much of an idea of who our quote unquote ideal client is, then we start to put them in boxes. This is the thing about dating as well. Like we automatically see someone and then make assumptions. Okay. So he's 10 years older. So he's not going to have a lifestyle in alignment with me. Okay. He's wearing like earthy clothes. So he's probably like a like earthy, like soul, like kind of guy. Okay. He is wearing hipster clothes. So he's probably this way. Like we literally put people in a box automatically. Okay. He's got tattoos. He's like this. And I think what we have to do is be able to see past that because that's the human, Mm -hmm. right? And be able to say, all I'm looking for is soul connection and then trust that like that, that's enough. However, Mm -hmm. there are still practical things. Do you know what I mean? Like if there's a 30 year age gap, there is still things that like if you haven't had kids or something and there's a 30 year age gap, that's something that you would be potentially you a deal breaker. To almost look at like for dating and for business, it's almost looking at like, what do I want? Like, what are the core things that I want? Like I want marriage. I want kids. Or maybe it's like for business. It's like, I want freedom in my schedule and I want to feel turned on. 
And once we have like those soul things, we can't profile. Like I remember I would always do that with clients. I'd always be like, oh, well, she couldn't afford this program. So she's never going to join private coaching. And I've seen people, if as long as I don't profile it, I see people say, I can't afford your $700 program. And then two weeks later, they sign the highest program that I have. That's like 20 grand. So it's like, as long as I'm not labeling it and I let, I just tune into the frequency of what I want. Like I'm not putting so much pressure on one person. I think we do that a lot too with dating. Like I know I did and I'm healing from it, but it was always this, like every date that I went on, what is it going to turn into? Like, I don't want to waste my time. So what is it going to turn into? Mm -hmm. Am I going to like him? And then putting so much, I was putting so much pressure on that first date, just like we do with clients, right? We put so much pressure on one person. It's like, are they just going to join? Are you going to pay me? Are you going to be a dream client or no? Totally. And so this is like, we have to detach. We have to connect to what we want, to the desire, but detach from the person itself. And that comes down to like really the root of that is the relationship with time. Because the only reason we put pressure on the person is because we think there's not enough time in the world or it's a waste of time. And this can happen even when you're not dating. Like I know that when I felt alone in my business life and I didn't have like friends to talk to about my business who could actually conversate with me, not just listen, Mm -hmm. I would look to my husband to fill that gap. And then he couldn't do that either. And then I'd end up mad at him and say, oh, you don't support me or this and that. But he literally just didn't, it was impossible. It was like, I wanted, I was expecting him to be a woman. I was literally expecting him to react and have conversations that I would have with you. And I was looking to him to fill that gap. But really, that's way too much pressure to put all on one person. Like this idea of like, Oh, I want my man to be my everything. I just don't know if I believe in that. I, I don't believe in somebody in, can in that. Yeah. Especially I don't even know if I believe level. like a lot of people will say like my husband is my best friend. And I do. I mean, I don't really view my husband as my best friend. I view my best friends as my best friends. They give me a different kind of connection than he does. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's things I would tell my friends that I wouldn't talk to my husband about and vice versa. Right. So I don't, I don't personally expect my husband to be my everything. Right. It's a lot of pressure for, I don't think it's even possible though, especially when you think of like growth, right? Cause like we are growing so deeply into our feminine into like building a business and all of these things that a lot of times when we have partners that don't even understand really like what entrepreneurship entails or the energy work that we do. It's like, how can one person be our soul coach, our best friend, our girlfriend, our lover, our husband, the father of our kids? Like, that's a lot of pressure to put on one person. (laughs) Instead, he's like one portal to satisfy certain things in our life and to grow in certain aspects. And then we have the friendships for this and the coaches for that and the spiritual healers for that. So it's like, when we have different levels of support, I feel like it allows the romance and the seduction to grow in our relationships too. Yes, because, and, and here's where we have different friendships and different relationships that fill different buckets, right? Mm -hmm. And so 
we have this idea that we want our man to have it all. We want a spiritual connection, a physical connection, an emotional connection, all that. But really, is it okay if you have one really great connection and the rest has space to build as well? Because when I look at like Richard and I, for example, he's not the person I would go to, to like talk about dreams and like to basically like talk about millions of dollars or my dream outfit and photo show. He's the person I, I go to when I need like a solid practical, like he's the practical. So like, I don't try to pull Richard out of the practical into the dreamy. That doesn't make sense. I'm literally trying to make him be a woman when I do that. (laughs) And I used to think like, Oh, you're so small minded. (laughs) (laughs) Or like your, your job is a trap. Your job is a trap. You have to book time off. Like so mad that he had a quote unquote, like everyday practical job. But in the end of the day, that safety, his job isn't to bring us the dream. I'm the dream. Yeah. He's the, the safety. Magic. Yes. And, you had, you and I can't both. be the dream if he isn't, if I don't have that, like his job provides us stability. It's predictable. And I used to be like, like, I used to almost want to try to push him into growing more. And he's sitting there like, I'm going to retire at this job. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> but really he has a pension. He has medical, he has all of that. And that's a blessing to have because it takes pressure off me. Right. And if you don't have a man who can do that, then you have to look at creating that safety for yourself. Mm-hmm. So you really do have to come down to practicals and look at, okay, I want something to lean back on. Yeah. What are the steps it's going to take to create that? Okay. I need to set up programs that are 12 months long. I need to not just be in it for one night stands, quickies, and like a quick hit now. Right. Right. You have to build. It's like that slowness again, like building over time. Like when you're dating somebody, there's no expectation. You're slowly building a connection over time and we don't know what it's going to look like or where it's going to go. It's the same thing in business. And something that's hard for me because I'm so dreamy. And I'm so in my feminine that like, I know that when I have safety, I'm a much, I'm more in my feminine when I have safety. Like I'm more, yeah, less pressure. I'm like, you know, in the vibes. I'm like, come see, come saw. But as soon as I don't have that safety, it's like, it feels like I have to chase and control because our, our soul craves both. Like, yes, we want the imagination and the next level vibes to grow, but we also have to be grounded in a neutral space to be able to do that. And I think a lot of this industry is like remove safety and just go after fling, after fling, after fling. <laughs> it's like a fling based industry. I don't, yeah, I know. I don't believe in that. Cause, and the concept behind that of what they're doing is they're basically saying like, just say, just skip safety and go straight to desires. And basically then the desires will be the thing that matches, but it's really hard to be in your desires when you don't feel safe. Like, right. I don't believe in skipping things. Like for me, I'm more built from the ground up versus going to the desires and hope everything falls into place. Mm-hmm. That's not safe. To me, that's not safe. Like when I have the money there, when I have the money stacked, then I feel safe to let go. Mm -hmm. Totally. I feel like I can do both. It feels better when there is safety, but I've also done the jumping to next levels 
and finding safety in the surrender, like finding safety in the, I know I'm always supported and taken care of no matter what. So what's my next step? And if it feels like the next step is a desire step and it doesn't make sense, I go with it. But I mean, there's also like, I have to have a very high emotional intelligence (laughs) to be able to hold that. So I think for a lot of us, so we don't have to hold so much that safety is really important, but we can find safety in anything. It could be safety with money. It could be safety in dating for me, like being single because I don't have, like, it's the same thing. I don't have like somebody at home that I know like, okay, I'm definitely going to be romanced by this one person. I don't have somebody to text. So I've had to find safety in my aloneness. Like I've had to find safety in the void of it, of the relationship. And I've definitely been in the space in business where I had to find safety in the void of the money, like not having it. Can I still feel safe? And it's difficult, but I did it. (laughs) You know, it was like that choice was either find safety in the void of the money or go get a job and have safety with the job and then start to make money additionally. And I wasn't willing to do that because I didn't want to... I didn't want to have a job. So so I'm like, I'm not going to do this. I'm just going to build my business. I'm going to quit my job, have no money and build a business. And I did it, but it, yeah, it was definitely hard to find safety in that, but it was done. You know what I see as your hack for that of safety is I literally see you as like picturing yourself naked in a field standing with nothing. And I see that as you feeling free and safe at the same time. That's how I see your version of safety is like nudity, raw, vulnerable. I'm safe because here I am open and exposed and I feel safe in knowing who I allow into my world. I simply say yes or no. Like there's something about you specifically being like feet on the ground, on the earth, yet in your freedom of in your body freedom. Because when I picture you in that, it feels like a pillar right down the center, like shroom. Yeah. It's like I I know I am. I I enjoy bags and riches and Hawaii and stuff like that. But also when I'm just sitting here naked in my vulnerableness, mm-hmm. I actually feel almost even better. Yeah. That's so important for me though, is like before my business grew and like I actually started making money I had this like hurricane come through of everything that I wanted being like taken from me so I was in like this super toxic relationship I had no money he had to pay for rent at the time because I couldn't afford rent my business was just at an all-time like less than a thousand dollars a month And I had no, like, I went through the chaos of everything leaving and I had to find safety and freedom with nothing, like with feeling like I had nothing, with feeling like all my dreams were just like taken from me. And that's where I went into like the spiritual work, the grounding work, the meditation, and I found freedom there. And then I could build from desire. And I think that's a really important thing to remember is like we get, we have to almost be in both worlds, like the groundedness. If this is all taken from me, I'm still going to be in pleasure. Like I'm still going to be happy and abundant. And then we don't have that fear of like, it's all going to be taken from me when we start building it. 
because we found safety yeah, already. Like we found found freedom already. For you specifically too, and me, it's like all you need is your body. Your body's mm-hmm. the only tool. It's your pillar of power. That's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. Your body and your connection to the earth. That's what riches is in a way. Yeah. It's It's kind of like, okay, well, actually on the topic of cringeworthy dates, which was what we were originally starting to talk about. When I think about that, I'm like my own self was my own self is the cringeworthy thing. (laughs) So on, on the topic of like dating, how I seen it, like God, the, just the desperateness. You know what I used to do? Okay, listen to this. So I would feel, okay, this goes back. Okay, dating goes back to our relationship with money and parenting because my parents never took me out for dinner. That was not something that we did. And if we did, you order water. You don't order chocolate milk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I and so that also makes it a little bit more sticky to like have men buying dinners and stuff like that. And I was so scared and awkward about like if a guy would pay that I would literally go to the bathroom when it was time to pay and just hope he paid when I got back. It worked like most of the time, honestly. But I was like, I can't handle the awkward numbers. I have to pee. I love that technique. I literally just, I, if somebody asks me on a date, I just expect that they're going to pay because I don't ask men on dates. They ask me. They ask, they tell me where they're going to take me. So I just, when the check comes, I just sit there and I just like smile. I'm like, thank you for dinner. <laughs> but I totally get in the beginning of dating when you're young. It's so awkward. Cause you're like, do I pay? Does he pay? Is this weird? <laughs> I know. And I had this rule of like, I was not open to coffee dates. Cause in my head it meant like I wasn't worth dinner or something. So mm-hmm. I would not go for coffee with guys but it's crazy because when the right person comes into your life, everything just changes. Like Richard and I, our first date cost him $0. Like we literally, he picked me up. He had a, a motorcycle at the time. We went on a ride on his motorcycle and that was it. It cost him nothing. Yeah. Which is and I was way. satisfied. Yeah. But see, so I went into a vibe of like, I like when guys take me out to nice places. I like being romance swept off my feet. I'm still in that. But on the very first date, when I'm first meeting somebody, I would rather go for like a walk or go get a coffee, something that's like no strings attached because dinner is a big commitment. If you're like having dinner and drinks with somebody, that's like a two hour thing. And if you don't like them, then you feel like I'm wasting his time and he's wasting my time. I could have just met you in person for like 30 minutes and then realize I don't like you. Okay. What, okay. I'm going to tell you, what is your dream date? Like literally let's picture like your dream date. What would it be? Cause I have a dream. Do, date I, know, do I know the guy already? Um, no, like you haven't, it's like your dream first date. My dream for, okay. This is my dream first date. I feel like this is a little bit romantic, but I would have a him take me on a picnic and he has like the picnic blanket or I bring the picnic blanket. I don't care on this like really pretty pond or lake. And we have like 
you know, wine or champagne. And then there's like little appetizers or little desserts. And we have a really, really good conversation. And we're watching the sunset. That would be like my that, dream. Okay. My dream for my dream day is a picnic also. Oh. <laughs> Wait, do you and like Richard want picnics? What are you wearing in it? Because I feel like I'm wearing like a really cute summer dress. Oh yeah. Yeah. You have to be. I would be wearing like a short, like this one's too long. I would be wearing like a short, flirty summer dress. And also, I feel like when we arrive, the picnic is set up. Yes. Like, it's a secret picnic. Yeah. Like, he's like, we're going on a walk. Yes. There's a and picnic. then it's a surprise, yes. but it's not like so fancy. It's like literally a blanket set up. And then also... I feel like he has like a really tough truck. Like there's a truck there with like the tailgate down and maybe there's like a beer in there for him or something like that. And then there's like some snacks and whatnot. And, and it's a surprise picnic. That's it. That is the dream. I would much rather have the thought of somebody actually like creating something like creating an experience than him taking me to like a, a nice restaurant. And buying like a $60 meal, like because you thought and you planned and you put all of this in your truck and you made it special. It's so much, much, like much more of a vibe to me. It's, it is actually the little things are, I mean, we love big things and luxury and stuff like that, but I don't know there's something about the little things. One time when Richard and I first met, he made me dinner and he took the napkin and folded it into a swan. And I swear to God, I never forget that moment. Oh my God. That's so cute. Like the littlest thing. Yeah. I love that. I can't think of any little moments off the top of my head because I feel like I haven't been in a relationship with somebody long enough. I mean, as of like the last couple of years that something hasn't although when I went on that with New York City guy it was like our first date we went out no our very first date actually we just did a walk it wasn't even a date we were like getting to know each other the second date we went on a really nice um to a really nice restaurant and then the third date which was technically our second date um we went to New York City on a train and I had I was out like I had a business thing. So I was out the whole day and I came back and he had like flowers that he bought at a stand in New York city waiting for me in the hotel room. And I thought that was really sweet. That is so cute. Like literally a text, like, Hey, I'm getting a coffee. What do you want? Like things like that are the key. Yeah. The little things I'm going to, what if when I meet my soulmate, our first date is a picnic. We're manifesting will, it as we speak. You will voxer me immediately. <laughs> While I'm on the date, I'm like, Tasha, oh my God. <laughs> you will voxer me immediately and we will talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this is where, um, you know what, with dating, I feel like this is where just mentioning those things on dates Mm-hmm. is because I bet you men think they have to make grand gestures to impress you. And I think it's literally as simple as saying, I think that simple, thoughtful gestures are the key. Like you could literally just say something like that on That's a date and then boom, he knows. Because I do talk, I mean, like when people ask me about like, what do you do? What is your lifestyle like? And I'm like, oh, I went to Maui this year. Like I, like they probably think that I'm like super 
hard to please when I'm like super, super easy to please. Like when a man cooks me dinner, I love it. When he like goes out and he buys the um, ingredients at the store, comes over to my apartment and cooks me dinner, it is the hottest thing. That is hot. (laughs) I'd rather have that than go out for dinner. I agree. When I, when I watch Richard mow the lawn, I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) but when I see your soulmate, like literally how I see it is he, he feels compatible in age to you. He doesn't feel like super big of an age gap. And I see it as like, I don't know why, like the morning after you guys have hung out, like, let's say you just had your first sleepover. I see he's like, Hey, like, let's get up and go for a walk. And then you guys take your dog and you guys go for a walk. And like, he doesn't really want to go home. Like he, he almost assumes that you guys are going to spend the next day together and you want to, too. (laughs) I love that. I can't wait. I'm getting impatient now. It's been a couple years. I'm ready for my I specifically see you with someone who is active, like not like so hardcore in their body, but I don't, I see someone with you who has a healthy body specifically. Mm-hmm. I need that though, because bodies are like, my body is important to me. Like I like mm-hmm. to look like fit and like se- feel sexy in my body. I don't think I could date somebody who doesn't have the same care for their body as I do. What do you have in your dating profile? Like, what does it say in like your dating bio? Oh, that's a good idea. Let me, let me bring it up. Um, I actually have it on, I'm not using it right now. Like it's on silent, but when I was using it, this, I feel like this is important. This is actually, this is really good. And I'm going to show, I'm going to put, how do you look at your, so I'm only on, I think dating bios should say like what the thing, like what you're looking for. I don't think it should like sell you. I think it should say what you're looking for. Yeah. You know what? Mine is super, this is super basic. Why didn't we do this before? So this is one of my pictures from Maui. Yeah. Okay. And then it says biggest risk I've taken. And I said, starting a nine to five, or I mean, starting a business to live the life of my dreams. And then second picture is just me with martini, my dog. Oh my God. I, we need to tweak that. Yes, I love I know. the pictures though. I love the pictures. And then I have the award I should be nominated for best dog mom, super basic. This is, I have a very basic hinge profile. The next, the last thing I wrote, I'm looking for a man to ride off into the sunset with. Okay. I like that. I and then like I have a yoga pose. Like, okay. So that's all your profile right there. Yeah. So is your profile kind of like a timeline where you can continuously post? No, it's not a timeline. It's just a profile. Like that's, you only get like, let's see, you get to put six pictures and then three prompts. So I feel like there should be something in there about like looking for a lasting, like something longer term. Yeah. I I don't know why I never did that. Like, um, something about connections that last or like mm-hmm. something like that. Although when you say looking for a guy who you want to go in the sunset with, I feel like that's kind of implied. Yeah. But it's like a cute little, I want to ride off into the sunset. Well, what do you think about funny guys? I feel like if you want a funny guy, you should have that in there. I know. Funny guys are the hottest guys. Yeah. 
I like it could say like someone to laugh with. Gestures. <gasps> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Funny guys. And lo- I love, uh, love of like, love of funny guys and small gestures. Mm, okay. Funny guys, forehead kisses and love forehead breakfast kisses. in bed. Breakfast in bed. Mm. Oh my God. I yes. that's, this is it. Okay. You I'm just back to your dating I'm profile. I'm redo my hinge profile when I'm ready to put it back online. I've been taking a step back from online dating because it's online dating. It's a lot. I, dude, I feel like dating profiles matter so much because it's essentially you're in the business world. It would be your marketing, right? So yeah. it's, it should have your asks right there. Yeah, that is so true. Have your desires. It's like your written testimony to the universe of like what you want in a man and mine kind of sucks right now. It's basic. It's too basic. Well, and it's, and also I don't think you need to lead with the business piece. Like you put the business piece right in the front, which is the piece about entrepreneur. Whereas I think you need to lead more with what you want. Mm. That's the story of my life. Is it? You're leading with the boss. So hard for me in the past. Like when I was cringe dating, I could not tell a man what I wanted. It's like, I'm going to adapt to what he brings me. So do I sit at the whole coffee date the entire time where he's telling me these weird stories? Yeah, I just sat there. I didn't just get up and leave. So that is like, shows my growth. Like now I can get up and leave, but we got to tweak to show them what I want. I literally think the first sentence should say like, lover of forehead kisses, animals, and whatever, like hikes and small gestures. Mm, I love that. I'm going to do that. Here's the thing though, is I don't show, I don't show men my, when they ask for my Instagram, I never give them my last name because Uh I want them to know me first. Uh And I don't like people seeing my Instagram until we've gone on like three dates. And I feel like once they see my Instagram, they're like, they get jealous or something like something happens, which I agree with that. Yeah. Not the jealous men, but they like, they can't handle that. My Instagram looks the way that it does. And I just, it feels like they just don't understand it. So yeah. I agree with the like hold off on the Instagram thing, just because I don't think that the typical man knows what you're doing. Right. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think it just like gets misunderstood. So I think you give them a chance to like, say what you do on the dates and then eventually you give them the Instagram. Yeah, that's what I do. And then they'll be like, can I see the ins- your Instagram now? They probably think it's like a bunch of like OnlyFans. I'm like, it's not that bad, but it's just, if you don't know me, you're going to profile me. Like you're going to make assumptions about what I do and who I am. So you don't get to see my Instagram until we've formed a connection. You know what? That's also just part of you living in a small, like where you live, because if you were in LA, that problem wouldn't exist. Right. Exactly. That problem literally would not exist because it would be the normal. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I need to move. No, I could never live in LA. I still see Nashville for you. I know. I've honestly, I'm looking at apartments in like my city this weekend, but I really feel like I'm going to be moving to Nashville very soon. Like I feel September. I don't know how. Like I'm going cowboy to cowboy boots with a sundress. Yeah, and that, find a cowboy. Like, 
<laughs> yes. That's my with dream. Wranglers. Yes. Wranglers. Mm-hmm. And a cowboy hat. And he like takes me to his farm. Okay. Well, you should put looking for a cowboy. Looking. <laughs> this crap cowgirl is looking for a cowboy. <laughs> I would be afraid of what I would get being here and writing looking for a cowboy. <laughs> They don't exist in New York. <laughs> it's not, no. And, oh, they, okay, you know how we were talking about, like, the environment? Mm-hmm. I think that also living in New York is a certain environment. Living in L.A. is a certain environment. Living in Hollywood is a certain environment. Living, like, and it does change the type of vibe of the men. Mm-hmm. And you do get more kind of like rugged men, like more masculine men in the like smaller kind of towns. Yeah. Ooh la la. I'm living in the wrong place. Do you feel like I read something about this and I I really, I've been thinking about it. Do you feel that certain places that you live has a, like brings out because of the energy that you're in, it brings out a, a piece of you that might not be great for you. Like I know, like when I moved back to back home after living in Atlanta, like it felt like very like constrictive. It felt like I'm back in like, because I was raised here, I'm back in my like who I was when I was raised here. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I, was the, I think that there's like I think what you're tapping into is um like land codes. Yeah. Like there there's like specific landmarks and they all hold, hold codes and it brings out feelings in us, which really we can simplify about that by saying like when let's say you're in LA, everybody's got the chip, the cheeks and the lips and the butts and the boobs. So automatically you're going to notice that and then start feeling certain feelings about your own appearance, right? Mm -hmm. So there's like visuals, but then there's also like, like if you're going to Egypt, you're probably more thinking about like land codes and sacred ground and stuff like that, right? Riding camels in Egypt and getting getting chased by ninjas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's codes of the land. It's like, it's a vibe that you respond to, essentially. That's why I feel like traveling is so important for soul growth. Like even just like little like getaways or vacations, even once a year. Because like when I go to Maui, that is such a, oh my God, it is like a death and a rebirth at the same time. It's like terrible, but beautiful at the same time. And then like, I feel like when I go to New York city, it feels a certain way. Or when I go to, I, I don't know. And it's cool to capture different photo shoots in different areas that you travel to, too, because it brings mm-hmm. out a different vibe of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then your, your branding becomes like a rolling video. That's, yeah. that's what I see for you. It's like a rolling movie. It's a rolling movie film. Yeah. I'm going to create a TV show someday. And you can be in it. A hundred percent. I'm going to be there. We need to start with filming TikToks together. Yes. I did. You, my one TikTok, I barely ever use TikTok and I put the stupidest video on it and it got like 85,000. <laughs> my, my undergroup went viral. It's going viral. I knew it would. 
I know. Well, mine was like something in a bra. So obviously it goes viral because it's, oh, it's all men. It's literally all men that say, text me. Are you single? (laughs) Heart eyes. You're so sexy. I'm like, oh my God. Thank you to the men who made me go viral. (laughs) Although it did nothing to help my business. It still makes me feel good. I wonder like, why is it so easy to go viral on TikTok, but not Instagram? I don't know. It's weird. And it's weird what goes viral because I have very similar videos, but that one went viral. It's just weird. And then all my other videos get like a thousand views or something. Doesn't yeah. make sense. I don't get it. I know. I don't love TikTok though. Like I'm not going to buy from somebody off of TikTok. I'm going to like super hard to monetize TikTok. What? It's, it's really hard to monetize TikTok. Like it's really, it is tough. It's a very young crowd as well. It's a young crowd. It's good if you want to kind of drive traffic to Instagram, I feel. But even that, like I never, when I'm on TikTok, I never leave the app to go follow somebody. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't use it a lot, but I do like to scroll on it because it's funny. Yeah. I see your videos sometimes pop up. I'm like, yes, your dancing videos. I saw, I didn't know. I stalked your TikTok actually when we, <laughs> when we started following each other. And I saw one of you that the famous iconic fart throwing. <laughs> and I was like, this is it. This was the video when you, when I first joined the Hypermind. And you were like, I don't know if you posted it in there or like you were laughing about it or somebody was talking about it. And I was like, she threw a fart. And then I actually saw the video. I was like, I don't know why being hot and gross at the same time is so funny to me. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) So I somehow like, it makes me feel like I got away with something. Yeah. Because I like how it confuses people. Yeah, you're like breaking the the taboo around what a hot girl is. You know? I love uh, it. It's a vibe. It's a whole vibe. Do you have any last comments, tips, suggestions, stories? Um, okay, let's let's kind of summarize what we went through. Like, let's extract the teachable moments from what we went through today. And I think um, what it was is number one, your dating profile matters. Your That's dating profile should say what it is that you're asking for. You should be clear in what it is that you want. And then um, number two on on dates, I think it's like you're always really getting whatever it is that you're wanting to get. And it's like, where am I not asking for what I want? Like truly, if I had to give any advice to somebody in the dating world, I would literally say, make sure your profile says what you want very specifically. If you want a funny person, say that. If you're looking for connection, say that. If you're looking for long-term, say that. Mm -hmm. And create, put yourself in environments where you can meet someone period. Yes. Yes. Those are all good. And number four, don't stick around on a date that is so cringy. Like have <laughs> like a snap, nerve to just leave. 
and say, I yeah, feel that feels, that's ballsy. Honestly, I will that would do be even that. tough for me to do. Oh, I know. I, I cannot, I cannot, if I'm not vibing with somebody, I'm just like, I'm, I give it like a good 30 minutes, but I'm like, I like, if they say, do you want another beer or another drink? Or do you want to go like here now? I'm just like, no, I, I honestly, I don't feel like we're a match. And you they say that, like oh my God, that would be yeah. hard. That would be hard for me to say. Well, it used to be really hard. And I had to like rip off the bandaid because I was stuck at a bar with a guy, like getting a drink with a guy who was the most boring guy in the world. Like it was talking to a wall. I asked every question. It was like one answer. I got to the point where I had to ask, what's your favorite color? Because he, (laughs) I ran out of questions to ask. And this was in within like 30 minutes. And so like we had both drank our drink and he's like, do you want to um, do you want to, I'll go get another one or another round. And I was like, actually, no, I just don't feel like we're hitting it off right now. I'm going to go home, but thank you for the drink. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh my God. I feel like I'd be like, I have to pee. That would be my signature. <laughs> I have to pee and just don't come back. I have to pee. <laughs> and you're just running out the door. Oh my God. Oh yeah. I did want to mention one other thing about like F boys because I used to have this constant dating dilemma of either the guys, the guys I liked didn't like me back. And then I would like basically complain that they were F boys. But when I looked at it, I was an F boy. I was a fuck boy because every guy who I didn't like, I would do the same. I would just ghost them. Yeah. And so therefore I was also a match for fuck boys because I was being one. Yes. So where are you being non-committal? Like, where are you where are you being a fuck boy? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm really clear with people when I don't like them now. Like if we're not hitting it off, instead of just like ghosting, I'll just say like, I don't feel like we're a match. Like, I think you're a nice guy, but I don't feel like we're a match. I think that helps. And then being really clear around what you want and looking for red flags and not putting up with red flags, not being swept off our feet by red flags, which was like my signature move back in the day. (laughs) I was a red which is in alignment with you wanting to be swept off your feet but you were being swept off your feet in an inauthentic way yeah yeah makes so much sense we have been recording for over an hour okay you guys are welcome (laughs) thank you Tasha for being on the podcast again of course there will be a next round Thank you for everybody who tuned in and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Pleasure Queen podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to screenshot it and tag me in your stories on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at pleasurequeenxo. Also, make sure to subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all the new episodes that come out. I will see you soon.